0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sobre Mesa uh, with me as always your host Alan Maguire. Today I have Vicente Rubio Pueo with me. Uh, He is a teacher and researcher at Fordham University. Uh, He's currently researching cultural studies and politics uh, related to Spain and he's uh, had several publications with the Rosa Luxemburg Foundation And he's also a member of MIMUM, uh, the Municipalism Observatory. And that's our topic for today. So welcome to Sobremesa, Vincente.
1: Hi, Alan. uh, Thanks so much for for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: So um, it's really great to get uh, someone on to talk about this issue because I think it's... um, it was a worldwide phenomenon that really did, you know, Spain had a big part in, um, but it often gets overshadowed by, you know, global politics, national politics, Donald Trump, China, Putin, and those sorts of things. Um, so could you just give us uh, a basic understanding of what this type of governance is? and, you know, when it started and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, yes. Uh, so, well, what is municipalism? Basically, where well, we start from the word itself is it's about, well, the municipio, right? The, the city, either a small city or, or a biggest city, a, a village, whatever. Uh, and it's basically a political tradition focused on local power building local power, either by uh, growing like social movements at the local power, or mm-hmm. even uh, taking power, uh, the local power by elections, right, running for elections. Uh, but it's important to keep in mind that, well, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not like purely movementist, so to say, and not purely electoral, it's, it's very important to keep the balance between both uh, approaches. And basically, well, in Spain, it has a very long tradition. But maybe we can discuss that discuss uh, that later. Uh, I think stemming from the 19th century, basically very connected to the anarchist and federalist traditions oh, in Spain. Wow. Hmm. Uh, but then, I mean, in the in its new meaning so to say the last few years it's, it's uh, connected to well the so-called municipalist confluences that emerged around 2014-15 in Spain in Madrid in Barcelona Zaragoza Cadiz uh, many many cities actually there was I think there was at some point more than 100 uh, municipalist confluences all over the, the country right wow. like from bigger cities to to very small villages. And basically it's about, well, it's, uh, yeah, the understanding uh, of the what we might call the municipalist hypothesis is that, well, you need to start from local power uh, because it's the, the level of government that it's closer to the everyday problems of, of citizens, of people. And then uh, maybe then sometimes uh, it can be, and this is also another problem, the problem of scale, another discussion that we can have. Maybe you can jump to the state level, but the focus is is to, to keep uh, politics, uh, focusing uh, on the politics uh, at, the, at the local level.
2: Hmm.
1: And yeah, there are like many different characteristics that we can discuss later, but basically that's it. Then maybe what is interesting to understand, there are like several traditions, of municipalism all over the world. Like for example, there is one, uh, for example, in the United States, there is also a municipalist tradition or like it's called also like a, a libertarian socialism or libertarian uh, communalism, etc. cetera. It's different names, but mostly um, by this uh, US author, Murray Bookchin. Uh, who was the the founder, so to say, of, of that tradition? Mm-hmm. So, and then of course there is this connection with other concepts, very known uh, concepts like, for example, the right to the city by André Lefebvre, this uh, French sociologist, and uh, another like different traditions and concepts. But the important thing maybe is that, of course, taking into account all that long history, uh, well then what emerged in around 2015 in Spain, for example, but it was actually called neo-municipalism mm-hmm. in the sense that, well, it's also, for me, I think one point that I would like to make is that um, even if those traditions are really important and it's part of the, of the heritage of the, of the language of, of the movement, I think it's also in Spain emerged around that time because it truly made sense uh, for many people, as a sort of viable hypothesis given the context that the May 15 movement had opened, right? There was mm-hmm. like a huge questioning of the whole Spanish political system, etc. There were like different hypotheses emerging from the May 15 movement. Uh, I always talk about like the May 15 movement as a sort of event like in a mm. philosophical sense mm. and then after the event there come like three different hypotheses right uh, one was the technopolitical one which it was a very experimental like hacker ethics uh, and so on which was called the ex-party uh, another one was the municipalist one in emerging in different cities and uh, and the third one Probably the most famous one was the left populist one of of Podemos, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's true it's it's really important to distinguish that although they have many overlaps uh, and many connections, uh, there are like there were three different uh, interpretation of what what could be the institutional translation of of the May fifteen movement, yeah, into uh-huh. the electoral arena and. Mm. And institutions
0: yeah like how to go from the street into the into the the part the apparatus of the state more or less exactly exactly oh wow and uh as you said they sort of cross over i mean podemos have run a lot alongside or with um these different groups but how are these different how are these different groups um formulated uh, differently to a sort of your... I mean, Podemos isn't a good example of a standard political party. Maybe it is now, but when it started, it was more like a movement party. Um, But how does, um, you know, this municipal approach um, differ to the sort of mass movement party that Podemos was? Mm -hmm. Or a traditional party?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's true that, uh, yeah, at the very beginning, uh, yeah, it has Podemos and the municipalities conferences have like different origins, so to Mm -hmm. say. I think the first, um, and they come, I think, from different sectors, uh, from the Spanish left or social movements with different, let's say, methods, languages, theories, Mm -hmm. uh, diagnosis even of, of the situation. So for example, I think if you can, yeah, Sadly, Podemos was very inspired by Clau, all this like uh, Latin American populism, uh-huh. etc. And for example, in the case of municipalism, it was more rooted in yeah, social movements. Uh, uh, and then I, I think that the be- best like uh, case to explain everything is Barcelona, of course, because uh-huh. that was when, when it first originated, like this neo-municipalism,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it has like the more like clear, uh, clear uh, characteristics. Mm. So, for example, obviously it was the role of, of Ada Colau and people coming from the Pa, the people the platform for people affected by mortgages. Then, um, what else? I think that yeah, there is a certain. Maybe because also of the tradition in, in Catalonia, which actually municipalism has been actually a political strategy for many, many years, even before Barcelona and Comú, right? Even, like the anarchist
0: roots, sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: Thing, that anarchist culture is there, so it uh-huh. like helps to explain also this different approach. Um, what else? Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, yeah the important thing maybe of course is like how to in explaining this connection between podemos and municipalism of course then and it's a fascinating thing but also that makes municipalism sometimes difficult to to explain is that obviously since it's rooted in in local realities then it takes very different forms in every city right uh-huh. So it's like, uh, and for example, you could see that very clearly in 2015 when the municipalist confluences were building up. So, for example, in some places, Podemos didn't play basically any role at all. It was not not really present there. Mm. In other places, actually, Podemos was the main, uh, like, uh, motor, right? or right. The main uh, force uh, within the confluence, et cetera. But I think that, yeah, uh, and it's important also to take into account, I, I use this word confluence instead of let's say coalition, because mm. I think for me, it's, it's important to point out that um, the idea when the municipalist confluences started was that, uh, well, it was not like a conventional uh, political party, right? It, it was more like a, yeah, this space where both pre-existing political forces, but Mm -hmm. also ordinary citizens could uh, join, right? It's not just like, uh, as we call in Spain, sometimes the sopa de letras, the alphabet soup, right? (laughs) Where you just like put together different pre-existing parties and then Uh that's it. But it was more like a process, a more open process where people without political affiliation could just join and also contribute to the platform, to mm. the, I don't know, the different documents, working groups, etc. So it was a more open process. I mean, that's not, uh, I'm not denying there were like tensions and contradictions and mm. there is always like these power struggles, internal mm. power struggles everywhere. But I think, yeah, that's, that, that's why, yeah, you can see if you like go and analyze each case, city by city, you will see that, uh, at least in the in the at the beginning in 2015, you could see like different geometries of forces in, in every city according to well, local political traditions, what organizations were more present in that particular city or not, uh, different yeah, political cultures that uh, mm. translate in, in different political
0: forces. Yeah. So in in the in the case of Barcelona, I mean, taken as a, as you said, it's one of the clearer examples. You had the the par, which is um, you know the platform against people affected by mortgages, people losing their homes and things. A lot of people got like a polit- very fast political education on activism and organising through that. Um, and as as you also said, there's like it's a it's a joining of, of groups. How did uh, how did that sort of play out over time because they were very successful over quite a bit of spain weren't they in uh, and was it the local elections in 2015 yeah. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. they were quite successful in getting people elected even running quite a few governments how mm-hmm. did that play out for the first like so many governments being run by these like local um activist groups and I don't, I don't yeah. want to take anything they're not just activist groups they were highly organised people like from different groups but you know in a political party I don't know say it was the Pessoa or even in coalitions between political parties they have like what they might term as their red lines um, or you know we're not going to give you our votes for this or we want this in exchange for this and it's very much like a, a group mentality sort of thing how did that work throughout the the years in government for these, you know, for for the different activist groups that were part of um, the the municipalism experiment in that time?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, of, of course, again, yeah, the context in every city is plays uh, a huge uh-huh. role. And th- there has been, like, very different stories. But let's say that, um, mm, let's see, well, just, exactly, just to remind the, the listeners, uh, exactly in 2015, the, in the local election, it was in May 2015, mm-hmm. to get a, a sense, uh, yeah, these municipalities confluences won in four out of five, the five uh, biggest cities in Spain, right? Wow. The one in Madrid, the capital, in Barcelona, in Zaragoza, my city, in Valencia as well, and uh, also then many other very important cities like Cadiz, like uh, Santiago, like uh, A Coruña, etc. Wow. Right? So and then so you can imagine that yeah, exactly. It's kind of like science fiction, (laughs) in a way. It's like these political forces that were completely new coming out of the blue and just winning all these very important uh, cities, Mm -hmm. right? Then of course, I think, yeah, and to connecting with the previous, uh, uh, what I was previously saying is that, yeah, the geometry of forces in every city played that role. So it's like, in a way, I think, yeah, Barcelona it was the strongest force For various reasons, Uh, and that's why maybe also that explains that now it's the only municipalist confluence still in power, right? Uh For example, let's say that um, I think in Barcelona, well, I think the role of uh, Ada Colau and all that, let's call it the political capital of being uh, the former spokesperson of Pa, played Mm -hmm. a huge role, a huge uh, role, right? In in the sense that. I think even previously existing left parties, they they had to join Barcelona En Común. They 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 knew they they realized that they had to join that, and they uh-huh. had to accept many of the terms that the uh, more like social movement, pa, stemming uh, uh-huh. uh, sector was a lot. Let's say imposing, right? So that's why I think that explains why the Barcelona process, I think what's much more interest, interesting and powerful in the sense that um, the process was like very open, very horizontal, again, of course, with tensions. But in a sense, I think mm-hmm. that the left parties in Barcelona realized that, well, we have to accept, accept that because it's either we join this new force or we just like disappear because yeah. this, is, this is going to eat, let's say, all the, <laughs> our, our political space, right? <laughs> But for example, if you compare that to Madrid, Madrid is an extremely complex case uh, yeah. because of course, again, and I'm not like blaming anyone or anything like that, but it's just, is the capital, of course, there are like huge political interests. I mean, in every city and in Barcelona, of course, as well, but it is huge uh, economic and political interest is the, the, the capital city. So it's like, there is like a lot of pressure and and lots of tensions and in a way that, for example, you could say that the confluence there was much more weaker, and the different parts play a, a more important role. Like, uh-huh. for example, the tensions between, uh, yeah, like for example, Podemos and different sectors within Podemos play a huge role. Mm-hmm. Um, the figure of uh, Manuela Carmena, which she was chosen to be the candidate, and she was the mayor for the last four years. Mm-hmm um was not so ma, not so or, organically connected to the forces that uh, build the, the the confluence as mm-hmm. it as Ada Colau was in Barcelona right. mm-hmm. so that's why then the different actors of the of the confluence played uh, in a way you could say I mean and this is just my personal opinion that in the case of Madrid um you could say that uh, many of the actors there were not really interested in actually building a a confluence, a solid confluence right. a, with a distinct uh, political personality. Mm. Either because I don't know they were interested in other things, or they were not convinced, or there were not not enough uh, trust in in other parts. Uh, and, and I think that explains also that in the end, for example, in the last uh, municipal elections there in Madrid, there were like splits and there were like different candidacies, uh, etc. But yeah, I don't know if I'm answering your. No,
0: no, that's fine. Um, I was going to mention, uh, you know, Manuela Carmena. Um, for the listeners that, that don't know, she was a very f- she's a very famous judge and lawyer in Spain. She was one of the. Well, I think she was outside the office when it happened. But uh, the Atocha massacre was um, a group of uh, lawyers killed after mm-hmm. just after Franco had died. They were uh, shot down by Atocha and uh, murdered, and um, that sort of gave rise to Commission and obreras, and the, some people say that like the legalization of the com the communist Party, which was a big part of the transition. So she was yeah, she was chosen as the head of a- Aura Madrid and then went on to be Mass Madrid, which is something that you mentioned earlier about the transition from local to state. But um, with regards to uh, Aura Madrid, it, Podemos were part of it, weren't they? They were a big part of it. Um, and they ended up basically splitting because of different differences. Is that is that something that happened across Spain, or is that more of an isolated example? Because, like you said, Barcelona is sort of like the the last man standing at the moment. So, is that something that 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 can happen in 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 this type of politics um, that might not happen in your like regular day to day? Well, there's no such thing as regular day to day party politics, but you know what I mean in the regular sort of political party. I mean, of course,
1: from a let's say traditional standpoint, of course, yeah, it's obviously always like this kind of confluence or coalition is always is going to be more com- complex, right, and more right. Uh, tense and challenging in many ways. Uh, at the same time, I think I would say that the case of Madrid, it's also. Uh, very specific in a way. I think that, of course, there were also divisions in other places. I think in Galicia, in the Mm -hmm. different cities in Galicia, there were also very strong uh, divisions. Mm. But in the end, I think the case of Madrid can be explained in a more like a structural way in which how well Madrid being the the capital of the kingdom, right, (laughs) is like (laughs) always like this court uh, where there is always like all these, I don't know, moves and rumors mm-hmm. and tensions and, and it's a particularly uh difficult political atmosphere I think for, for everyone. Uh then I think in many other places there were always tensions, of course, but in the end I think they managed to to stay together. Uh, but it's true that well it's um uh yeah I don't know I think also something that I always think about this and it's a kind of it's a shame what happened also i think that for example in general the municipalist confluences in all the cities they did a very good job actually in terms of policy in terms of different measures that they took again always with limitations with contradictions with pressures against them Mm -hmm. etc but at the same time i think maybe it was difficult to translate that into a coherent narrative to let's say, sell the the regular voter and the public. Uh, And then, uh, because sometimes uh, actually there is a website that I can recommend to to, uh, your audience and and you. It's called Atlas del Cambio. I can send you the link afterwards, but it's uh, made by activists from different municipalist confluences so all over Spain, which actually they try to, let's say, help visibilize all the work that has been done during the four years of, of municipalist governments. And uh-huh. it's a it can it has like this, yeah, this form or this structure of an atlas or an archive where you can check like different policies that were made, uh, different things that were implemented, etc. The thing is that it's a beautiful website, for example, and, and there are like many a lot of work uh, done by many people about this but it's true that in the end it was difficult to transmit that the, the amount of things that were done uh, to to the to the, let's say the the regular voter people that are not very like into politics not so much as, as mm. activists or etc and also then also i think that the change of the political climate uh, from 2015 to uh, 2019, especially for example, the all the situation in Catalonia, I think, changed mm-hmm. a lot of the, the political climate.
0: Right,
1: a lot of polarization. Obviously, in the case of Catalonia, it affected uh, a lot of Barcelona and Comu.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can talk about that later. But also, I think, yeah, sometimes I think, and this is also another discussion in in municipalist circles. It's true. Uh, and it's, again, it's a shame, but it's how politics work, I guess, that, of course, municipal politics is the, well, the, the, the politics that affect us the most, right, as regular citizens, our mm-hmm. everyday life, very, like, bylaws and procedures and policies that affect very concrete and specific things of our daily life. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we cannot avoid that that local level is always mediated by a broader political climate, climate at the national level or even mm. at the, let's say, the European level or even yeah. the global level, in the sense that there is like also then certain moods. And I think my impression in general is that, yeah, the, the municipalist confluencers did a pretty good job in general uh, mm-hmm. when when they were ruling the, the, the different cities. But then maybe, uh, well, it was not enough or or, Somehow it was not so perceived uh, by the regular people. And at the same time, I think there is also another issue with that, which is that it's really difficult sometimes to sell what you are doing when what you are doing is actually not so spectacular. Because, yeah. sometimes, because for example, I think that for traditional parties, the socialist party and the popular party, it's... It's very easy, it's basically, okay, let's build a huge new, I don't know, um, convention center or whatever. <laughs> and then yeah. we cut we some, you call it the, like red tape or yeah. or yeah. yeah. And then we inaugurate this, and then we, we have the press and photos. And then there is a, always this, it's very easy to build this narrative that we are doing things, and we're yeah. creating new things. Sometimes I think that the Municipalist Confluence did a lot of, of things. But sometimes in a less spectacular level. So then, uh, because they were basically, for example, taking care of I don't know public transportation or uh, renewing and re-municipal- remunicipalizing public uh, services, etc. Uh-huh. All these things that are really needed and actually I think benefit people in their everyday life. But maybe then are just taken taken for granted.
0: Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
1: And then it's like people, went then, well four years uh, after, then they, yeah. they go to vote. They are influenced by many other things going on,
0: uh-huh. polemics. Yeah. So. I can see that happening because I was here for the last... Um, I, I voted in the last local elections as well. Um, but I could see that this sort of... It seems like this wave that um Aura Madrid, you know, it's it sort of... There was a, I don't know, a a spirit of change with the 15M. People like, it seemed like people lent them their votes because apparently, like I was told as well, and I, I, I don't have the statistics for this, but like Madrid has always been governed really historically by the PP. And the reason they say that Carmen got in was because some sort of centrist, more, more centre, even some centre-right leaning uh, people Lent their vote to her because they knew who she was, they trusted her. And then, but she really did do some phenomenal stuff in the four years that she was in. I mean, there's the renewal of Gran Bia, they were, you know, um, well, the, the, sorry, the, the shortening of Gran Bia, uh, the width of it. But there's also like they're redoing the whole of the part by Pembro de Borde. This is all in central Madrid for people that don't know and it was all done through local referendums on the internet and you know there was all this they tried to build up this infrastructure of local democracy um which probably you know probably wasn't as successful as they were hope it would hoped it would have been but they did a, they did a lot and I think I was really like I was really shocked someone said yeah but she didn't sort out the rubbish collection in the south of Madrid, and I was like, Jesus, the amount this woman done in four years is more than probably the PP government has done for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, And she got, and she managed to stay, you know, not that you have to stay in within the confines of finance, but she managed the books quite well as well, apparently, which is what, uh, you know, some more on the centre or the, or the right will be looking at that as well. Um, But yeah, obviously they didn't lend her their vote the second time, um, and and is that is that something that um, you found with this sort of movement that it, yeah that you said it feeds off the bigger political climate, but it's more successful when there's a when there's an air of change maybe. Is it is that true?
1: I mean, in the in the Kitchener strain, obviously, yeah, there, there was this political climate created basically by, by the May 15th movement. There was like this huge desire for change, for mm-hmm. new, new people, new ways of, of doing politics, etc. that unfortunately I don't see that anymore. Mm. I mean, this might change, of course, but it's, it's just that, yeah, now I think we are in a totally different phase, very marked by... a very, like, essentialist way of doing politics, Uh uh, very uh, identitarian, like, uh, in the case of Spain, I mean, uh, yeah, with the far right, with Vox, with all Uh that. Um, But in a way, it's it's very, like, ideological in the worst sense of the word. It has many yeah In the worst sense, in, in the sense that, yeah, it's like people seem to be, I don't know, polarized around Very like abstract issues, actually, like around nationalism, around uh, the Spanish identity, around uh, imperialistic nostalgia or things like that, or Mm. some some sort of inferiority complex around uh, uh, other issues. Instead of like, let's say, yeah, what what is uh, yeah, I don't know, the minimum wage, and what is uh, yeah, like like real materialist issues and these like yeah, material issues, uh, needs, uh, pains that people have. And yeah, it's very difficult to revert. I think that everything of course comes and goes, so it, it might change and then there will be a, another, uh, a different scenario which would allow uh, new things to emerge. Mm-hmm. So it's true that always everything is very, yeah, like conjunctural, so it comes and goes and yeah. At the same time, I think it's important to, I don't know trying to be like uh, optimistic right Uh even if in this context is like uh, well it's important to take into account account what uh, all this experience that has been gained Mm. all the, the that experience in government and then of course things maybe these are not new forces anymore so then there is this kind of like appeal of the new thing that's lost okay Uh but at the same time okay the the idea is how to then well, how to become and keep being like forces for change Mm. even if if of course i think it's you cannot avoid to get more like institutionalized and become a sort of more conventional Mm. political force but at the same time if you keep doing let's say for example um this kind of work that it's yeah attached to to communities to neighborhoods
2: mm-hmm.
1: and also to changing the the political culture of the country long term. So basically, mm. it's like uh, in order to well to to build like new new narratives and politics uh, and sorry and and political imagination and and. Uh-huh. This capacity of, of at least trying to think of of the city and the and the country also in a in a new way also trying mm. to avoid or or challenge the usual polarizations and narratives. I don't mm. know. It sounds very abstract. I don't know. But no, but I mean,
0: those, I see like, where you're coming from, and I mean, in the context of, of coronavirus, it's a real. I mean, I I think some people are hoping for it, but uh, you know, there is a real possibility. Possibility of like this new coming of change, um, but it'll be interesting because you know before it seemed very spontaneous. These groups coming together, running for office, running running big councils for uh, four four years, and now they've got this experience. Um, some went up to state level. I mean, mass uh, mass a uh, state, no, a national level. Then you have mass Madrid, which was both. Uh, local and regional. So they ran for the presidency. And they did quite well, I think, on both levels, but just not enough to get get the majority. Um, and I think since then they've started to sink quite a lot really. I'm, I'm, I'm not uh sure, too sure about that, but they um they seem to be they still seem to have the uh they still seem to have like an air of um like localism in them, like, you know, this they still want to be related to local issues, like the Rastro, the famous market in Madrid, Mass Madrid have been there, you know, um, campaigning with them. Um, and when you compare it to like Podemos, Podemos are struggling to sort of find their foundations again at the moment. Um, and in the poll that I saw the other day, they were, they had lost quite a few seats, like 10, 15 seats. So, even though they're not in power and they haven't been for like the last um, year and a half or year, there there still seems to be some sort of infrastructure there. Um, and do you think that they will form more party? Like, will they stay as Mass Madrid? Is this is this the future of of this movement? Like, parties like Barcelona and Comun and Mass Madrid, or have they sort of lost the flavour of um, the activist groups that brought them together and have they just turned into parties now like are they or are they kept some of the culture maybe I don't know is, where, where does it sort of stand now compared to back in 2015
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean maybe in a way the thing is that as I understand, mass Madrid, I don't consider themselves as uh, part of the municipalist uh, bloc. They no. basically is more like a derivation of of Podemos, right? Or split uh-huh. from from Podemos, uh-huh. although of course part of uh, yeah of the Ahora Madrid uh, situation. But I think, uh, but it's true that of course they they had the first uh, this idea of of mass Madrid, right, rooted in the in the city and the and the Madrid region. And mm-hmm. then they, they decided to jump to the national level as mass pays, right? But I think that they're like a slightly uh, a different thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I think in general, I don't know. Um, it's true that, yeah, the situation is very different. And I think all the different forces have become, yeah, like more conventional, more institutionalized. At the same time, I think that maybe in very general terms, but I think that. One interesting thing about municipalism. Uh, how to put it? Yeah, because it's, yeah. <laughs> um, wh- one lesson that I think that municipalism can still offer is that, uh, well, as you know, the history of Spain, right? It's about the, all the diversity and internal uh-huh. plurality of Spain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that whatever Uh, comes from what we already have, like as Podemos, Mas Madrid, Mas País, uh, all the municipalities, confluences, etc., has to really take seriously the issue of plurinationality in Spain. And also the issue that it has to be a force that, yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, federal or confederal or some kind of format that basically that is not something that starts from Madrid and then Uh, growth, which is, uh, I think, one of the main problems that Podemos had, right? Uh Uh, And in a way, I think that, I don't know, what I would like to see in general terms is that it can be like a sort of coalition of all these forces and also new forces and so on, but where there is like an institutionalized balance between those forces, right? Uh, I think that, for example, just to give an example, Podemos and, and Barcelona en Comú, uh, they have collaborated a lot. And actually they then built like the sort of Podemos-Catalan version, right? And Comú uh-huh. Podem, etc. It has like lots of elements of, 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 uh, of Barcelona en Comú.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I think that that was a very good thing in the sense that there the, the, the was like a, this kind of cooperation. And I think that Barcelona en Comú in a way played a sort of counterweight to the more like Madrid Center tendencies of Podemos, and I think that's a, a healthy thing and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a really politically fruitful thing. Then, um, yeah, but I, I mean, right now, yeah, the land, the, the political landscape is too complex to see what what it will be or how every force is going to to evolve. But I think that for me, the key question is that, that, and again, that's I think a lesson from municipalism in the sense that it's not about like becoming, um, how to put it, like uh, enclosed or enshrined in your local reality only. Of course, it's about redefining from the local level, how Uh also the national uh, politics can look like in, in the sense that then, for example, if you have uh, yeah, like different forces governing in different cities, then you can. Uh, there are people in municipalism that say that maybe you, you should just keep to the local level and that's it. Right. And other people, uh, and I included myself in that, uh, we think that we'll, we, you need to still deal with the state level uh, politics. And then you can build like yeah, some kind of force at the national level. Um, but yeah, again, yeah. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see that building up from a specific realities first and then becoming a national level instead of like uh, going from the top down, right? Mm. Uh, uh, which is kind of what, what happened with, with Podemos. But yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, I, I, I mean, I think the movement gave a lot of, as I said at the start, a lot of... Uh, and political education to people, a lot of experience. I mean, Irene Montero is the minister for equality, and she she got her. Um, you know, she was a member of the PA movement in Madrid. adolfo Colau is the most you know famous mayor of mayor of Barcelona, and from the spokesperson of of Par. Um, and obviously the, these people have sort of gone off on their own sort of way, but where has um because municipalism, I know it's about local issues, but it's um it's a worldwide movement. I mean, the the group that you're part of um I you know sort of is part of that. How has the how has um the movement in Spain inspired others abroad and what has the movement been doing ever since it started, like on an on international level? Um, and how does that connect to Spain?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that, again, here, Barcelona and Comú is, is key, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I think one very interesting thing that Barcelona and Comú has done the last few years is that... Uh, it has developed a, um, its own like international politics in a way. I mean, I think that it kind of easy to, to do it in, in a city like Barcelona, which has always, uh, always had this international presence, right? Uh-huh. But I think they, they use that international presence of Barcelona in a very intelligent way. And among many things that they did, uh, like, for example, they built this uh, initiative with Paris and other cities in Europe, like the refugee cities, when all the refugee crisis was going on. So basically it was, well, the the national states aren't doing anything, so then let's take a few cities and then let let the cities do, do something about that. Right. But also another initiative that they did, it was the Fearless Cities Conference, right, which was celebrated, I think, in Barcelona, June 2017, I think. And, uh, well, basically it was called, I think, International Municipalist Summit or something like that. So they invited activists from all all over the world. And, of course, it's not that that was the beginning for all the initiative. There were there are uh, lots of municipalist tradition all over the world, but I think that, uh, and there has been like for many years, but um, I think that meeting in Barcelona was a very, like a nice impulse for for a sort of building like an international municipalist network. Then for example, that that the Feetless Cities meeting was replicated in different ways. For example, I mean, I personally, for example, I, I helped organize the New York meeting, which was for the North America region, right? Canada, U.S. and, and Mexico. So we ha- we gather, I think it was 2018, in the summer of 2018. But there the, the were also in, in Warsaw, in Brussels, uh, in... Um, uh, also in Chile I think there was another meeting like more like regional versions of the Fi cities uh, conference
2: uh-huh.
1: so I think that was a, a very good uh, thing to do then I think uh, I mean Barcelona has become like this kind of model in a way but of course again it's very important to 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 stress that uh, yeah every political experience every case of municipalities uh, forces in in the world, what has many different contexts, histories, Uh traditions, etc. But also maybe something that I wanted to highlight, because I think we've been discussing a lot of things, but maybe I haven't truly explained what municipalism is about, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go for it. It's very difficult, of course, again. But Uh let's say just to highlight a few key points, right? Or key concepts for municipalism. One would be like, uh, let's say, well, the stress of, uh, and we mentioned this already, this redefinition of what democracy is, right? Along like more participatory uh, lines, right? Uh, like uh, developing uh, spaces or tools for uh, political participation for many people. Let's say uh-huh. it can be participatory budgeting, although there are like many contradictions in participatory budgeting, but. Uh, of course, trying to develop as many spaces and tools so people can participate in politics more uh, frequently and more directly, right? So that would be one point. Another one is the stress uh, uh, in social economy. So let's say like, for example, developing like all kinds of cooperatives of uh, all kinds of initiatives of uh, in the social economy field. Another thing that I would like, that I would stress is uh, the feminization of politics, uh, or feminizing of politics, it's called. Basically, of course, the influence of feminism, uh, but at different levels, okay? Not only, for example, this was very much talked about when Ada Colau and Manuela Carmena as faces of that. Uh Because, of course, at the level of leadership, they both, I think, gave a very good example of how a female leader, let's say, uh, well, brings uh, some like different values, uh, different uh, to traditional, more male-oriented politics. Yeah. Like, like in the sense, like for example, being capable of, I don't know, of uh, showing that, well, you are not the person who knows all, right? That you are capable, like valuing, for example, listening more than saying, for example, mm-hmm. the capacity of, of of listening to different people and try to build consensus and try to uh, uh, practice politics in a more cooperative manner, I think. Mm-hmm. And, but also then it's important to stress that this is not just like a thing about the leadership, but also about the organi- organizing principles right? in the sense of yeah, stressing cooperation, stressing uh, inclusivity at all the levels of political organization, trying to value, uh, let's say, um, attitudes and, and profiles of people that are not just like, well, uh, who is the guy who, I don't know, uh, shouts the most at the assembly? Yeah. And, uh, who is the person that is capable of connecting and building solidarity and building cooperation in a, in a group, right? And then a fourth aspect that I would highlight, it's the importance of the, the concept of the commons, in the sense, uh, the commons is an extremely open concept, and it has many different uses, but in very general terms, I would just say that, well, how to, um, in connection to social economy, for example, another of the things that I mentioned, the importance of, of um, redefining like uh, many of elements and resources that mm. need to be common. Uh, let's say that, for example, the water or, or many rights and, and basic services, education, healthcare, etc. Mm. all things that are uh, indispensable to, to reproduce life. And also I think that the stressing in the word common, it's also because... At least for me, or for many people, I think it helped to also redefine the the tension between the public and the private. Right? Usually, mm-hmm. we understand everything as public, uh, the state, yeah, private, the market, etc. And then there's, but the common, I think, offers like this way in which it's about, of course, like. Uh, build a common resource or or Uh spaces supported by the public institutions but also allowing let's say civil society to take initiative of that not Uh not like having the just like this dream of returning to the old bureaucratic state yeah but but also taking more into account the participation by Uh by citizens and management by people and communities Mm. etc so i think that there is an element of institutional innovation i think that it's really important for mm. for many municipalists
0: and, and that sounds like um um just to talk about the history because you said it's got a long history in spain and i mean an amazing thing for me when i moved here um as an english guy who grew up in a house and all my friends grew up in houses was the the urbanización or the comunidad you know like you have a president, each, each uh door that you know has a president, and then the presidents meet together. Mm-hmm. I remember during the coronavirus lockdown, my my the presidents from my urbanization, there's about six for about, I think about 100, 150 people. And they they met in the, in the communal garden and they were all stood like in a big circle, arms width apart, and they were discussing, you know, what to do how to manage the urbanization you know, with covid restrictions and, and stuff like that and um i keep saying to my wife like, i'm really looking forward to being the president i'll pro- that'll probably be famous last words but um yeah. and is that something that you that you're talking about like the, the common and um, and how does that sort of come from spanish history because you said it's got quite long roots mm-hmm well,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the, yeah, the Comunidad de Vecinos, right, or the, <laughs> kind of, in the sense that, uh, but it's, it's, it's really interesting, actually, as a very, like, everyday example of that, it's true. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, and maybe also how, in a way, maybe you, you've heard about it, I'm sure, that how this kind of Comunidades de Vecinos, the, those meetings are kind many times, like, demonized, in a way, in, as, as something that which I don't know, there is like this TV show, like hay yeah. Ak- Ak- Ken Viva, or I don't uh-huh. know what the name anymore. But yeah, it's <laughs> like uh, this kind of uh, satire about uh, how yeah. these uh, neighbors uh, get together and so on. Uh-huh. No, but uh, I don't know. I mean, about history, is true. Um, I think that just to give a little context, well, maybe, Hmm. Uh, in a way, this connects maybe to something that I I, I was saying previously, in the sense that, um, yeah, as you know, Spain is a very like diverse country with many different histories, and then of course we've had like lots of tensions because of that, right? Because of the centralist or imperial building of of the of Spain, so uh-huh. then that that has affected, uh, well, the relations between different different parts of the country or different nationalities, right? Mm. I think that, well, then in the 19th century, what you can see is that, for example, the anarchist tradition and the federalist tradition, which in Spain, I think, work sometimes, not always, but sometimes as synonymous. I mean, federalist, Mm -hmm. for example, in in the US where I live, it has totally different meanings. And of course, I mean, Republican, that's also a whole other <laughs> story. Yeah. But uh, in Spain, yeah, so, for example, I think one very important figure is Frances uh, P. Margal, right, which was uh, this uh, anarchist thinker, and he he wrote this book, uh, which is called, I think, Las Nacionalidades, maybe it's a longer title, either. basically Las Nacionalidades, but um, I have it there, I don't know, yeah, it's somewhere, yeah, <laughs> um, but basically, well, he took inspiration from Proudhon, I think, and uh, in the way in which, I don't know, he defined, like, the different structures of, a, let's say, anarchist society, but actually stressing the municipal level, yeah, as a sort of, like, basic unit of... Uh-huh. of administrative and political organization and then you can build up from that uh, different like confederations of, of uh, cities or villages etc like a whole like theory about that. but I think that uh, yeah one important thing about then about municipalism and federalism is yeah, like this federalistic impulse which I think is really interesting in Spanish history because mm-hmm. uh, in the last few years I think is an example of that how we always get uh, stuck in this confrontation between two parallel nationalisms right right which is yeah like the centralist uh, Spanish nationalist uh-huh. nationalism and then the different like let's say Catalonia but then mm. used to be also the Basque country or or other nationalisms and in a way I think that by stressing the local level the municipio the city etc it's a way to deconstruct uh, in a way this polarization it's like a Let's of course accept and let's uh, delve into the country's diversity, but not from a let's say identitarian uh, nationalist uh, sentiment, but more from from the specific uh, political cultures and the specific demands and, and concerns of people mm-hmm. uh, at the, at the city level, let's say um, yeah, I think that, Uh, In a way, I think the municipalist and and federalist traditions help us to, I don't know, to, in a way, dilute or deconstruct many of these oppositions that have structured Spanish history. Mm. Then, I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, anarchism has been, yeah, has been a a very strong political tradition in Spain. Um, I don't know, it's like about the examples you mentioned, I don't know. There is always maybe a sort of Mediterranean thing, maybe yeah, about the, the, yeah. the use of of public space
2: uh-huh.
1: and the use or the need for gathering and discussing things and this kind of like yeah. uh, assembly style uh, things. Uh-huh. Uh, but maybe I would attribute that not so much to anarchism, for example, as a tradition, but uh, as a more an even deeper, yeah, Mediterranean thing. Yeah. Uh, our culture, I think, uh,
2: yeah,
1: and not so much articulated in ideological terms. Although oh, I yeah. think, yeah, both are connected.
0: In, yeah, yeah. In I mean, ways. we've seen quite a lot of it during the COVID crisis. A lot of these, um, a lot of these platforms that you know were invented or come together in fifteen M, uh, I've, they've either they've either stayed there and sort of come back to help people. All people that I think were involved in 15M and got their skills from that have set up new things during the coronavirus to, you know, give doctors mm. lunches or, you know, food mm. banks and all, all manner of things, mm. really. And it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe, yes, And just to give more, more context, uh, I think that, for example, it's not uh, random that, for example, Catalonia has had, uh, and in a way also the Basque country has had uh, also mi- a lot of municipalities uh, experiences in the past, like for example in Catalonia, right. there, ha- there has been this kind of local candidacies from the, uh, when, since the democracy started in 78, in right? Uh-huh. Uh, in many cities. And in a way, I mean, you can explain also uh, because there is something about also the the social fabric, right, and the the texture of, of the society in the sense of you have all these kind of local institutions like let's say ateneos and and all these kind of cultural institutions, schools, etc. that are or for example the social economy is really powerfully in the Basque Country. For example, uh-huh. you have this this huge, I think is the biggest cooperative yeah. uh, group in the world with this Montagón. Which is not perfect again. It's not just like it's just this ideal, but it, it tells you something about the 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 fabric of a society, how mm. the societies knit together, and and how well there is all these connections, of things going on, and there are like maybe stronger societies than others that are yeah. in a, in other parts of the of the country.
2: Yeah. So yeah. I
1: think that's always interesting in the sense that uh, I think municipalism. Ideally, always runs along with uh, the importance of let's call it civil society in the sense uh-huh. of this, this ability of people of organize themselves. Uh-huh. And then, of course, yeah, you need to interact with institutions and to with the state. But uh, first, you have like this self organizing principle. So to say, or, or even for example, when we talk about institutions, it's not just like there is institution is something that belongs to the state or to the uh an administration but it's something that world institutions are built by the people also so Mm. it's like uh, people and different groups of uh, the civil society organize and and then get together and then they give birth to let's say yeah an ateneo or a cultural center or a a different way right Uh, Uh different different spaces
0: yeah Um and uh thanks for your insight into municipalism i mean it's really uh interesting and i think you can still see the effects of the movement in spain today Mm -hmm. really especially like you're saying the feminization of politics more bit more i mean it's not as cooperative on a national level between the left and the right but uh you know on in different areas and and things like that um and certainly, there's more women in, in Spanish politics nowadays holidays as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you can definitely see the, uh, the after effects. So, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Just to stress that, well, uh, there were like these four years between 2015 and 2019 of municipalist government in many cities. Now it's only, let's say, uh, Barcelona, well, and maybe other places, but only Barcelona among the bigger cities. But in any case, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's important to stress that, well, uh, even if the political climate is different, uh, that there has been like some achievements and and yeah. maybe because of my more cultural perspective also, I'm really interested how the political culture of the country can, can evolve and mm-hmm. how municipalism is gonna be a, it will be still like a, a very powerful force in transforming the political culture of uh-huh. the country long-term. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Vincente, for coming on the Sobre Mesa podcast. And if you want to hear the second part of my interview with Vincente, which is more specifically about Vox and the rise of nationalism in Spain, then that episode will be out later this week. Many thanks for listening to Sobre Mesa. As always, please share and subscribe to this podcast. And if you'd be kind enough to leave us a review, then that would also be great. Hope you have a nice week and make sure you keep an eye out for the second part of this interview.